how do you instead of like trying to pack it with like every feature that you can think of how do you remove every feature like remove as much of it as you can but leaving the core thing there and i thought that was really cool because like even when we think about apps and i've been thinking about this for a while now but even this week when i was like just kind of thinking about an idea for an app it's like you get caught up in like all these different features i want to add like i'm going to my core app is to connect you know tutors together for example and then you think mm-hmm. about like okay you should have a chat function right you need to have a chat <laughs> function like and then i start to have to build a chat function and it's like what about a search function and you know at some point maybe all of this stuff you want to put in but it's a really interesting thought experiment of like mm. what should be the core idea and the thing that you should put in version 1 that's so good Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Flutterpod. My name is Mitch. I am joined with my friend David. David, what's up? Hello, hello. How are you? How's it going? You look a little tired today. Are you tired? <laughs> uh, kind of. My guts are right. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's like the, our our time zones are different. Uh, I'm in uh US West and Pacific time zone, so I'm like it's it's 8 um for for me. Yeah, But it's <laughs> at the end of your it's at the end of your full day. Uh for people that don't know David lives in US right now and I'm in Australia so our time zones are completely opposite. So right now it's during the day it's like the birds are just chirping and then David just had a full day of work and you know um but uh, I mean it's no no intense work. Um I'm just doing like regular work not like rocket scientist stuff. <laughs> not supposed right, to be. Right right yeah. I mean but still um and this can be your this can be your way to sort of wind down which is yeah, chat. Yeah. about some flutter and yeah and you can you can go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I've been enjoying this conversations for sure. Hey, but uh I want to mention uh, I want to apologize first because um so the I think the episode before last episode mm-hmm. mentioned about uh, I forgot which episode actually, but we mentioned about GitHub Copilot, right? And I said uh, I was saying that oh you should try out GitHub Copilot because um it's been working really well for me. and you know it's really good at being it's really good at detecting those like uh code that has cert, you know a certain pattern um actually take that back uh you want to for sure you want to have a good review <laughs> on the code that it writes because um just um last week i i just spent like 30 minutes or half an hour to an hour just sitting there for my life trying to figure out a, a bug in my in my program couldn't <laughs> figure it out and eventually i found where it is like uh it you know there's one line uh, there there are two lines of code where it deals with you know some logic regarding some x y uh, coordinates and that code was written by github copilot so i i blame him <laughs> for <laughs> for writing bad code but uh, you know i i was uh, i should really blame myself but uh my my point being <laughs> that you want to review code that's not written by yourself that's mm, also kind mm. of being written in front of you <laughs> you want to mm. sort of review that more talking to myself i need to review that i need to mm. work work on that i think i think like um i don't know from the conversation that from my memory i think you did like say that you were just like saying you know obviously you should review the code like um did you like yeah. is that what you're talking about like you were doing the github copilot and then it recommended like order mm-hmm. suggested something and then you didn't read it. Is that what happened? Like I think I just like sort of looked at it, skimmed through it. I thought it was it was good <laughs> right, because right, you know, right. I I take these suggestions like 
a lot of times, and yeah, yeah. I feel like oh, it's been that's the scariest thing when something is like reli- reliable half of the time or most of the time, and sometimes it 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 you know it messes up, it messes up, and that's when things are most scary because you don't know when to trust that thing anymore. Mm. Um, and I I kind of got in the habit of trusting GitHub Copilot, um, and then I it it, it just stabbed me on the back. That's not right. cool. Get up copilot. It's not cool. <laughs> right, right. But, that reminds uh, me of uh, like. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I was gonna say that kind of reminds me of like um. It's kind of similar challenge with the AI stuff with like Tesla, where it's like mm. it's it's like, you know, above fifty percent good. It's like ninety percent good, ninety five percent good, and then like ninety nine percent good. And I heard Elon talk about like getting that last percent is really hard, because like yeah. you got people's lives at risk. So you're like. Um, you want to like fully like rely on it, but that last mm-hmm. percent is like hard to get. Um, but um, yeah, no, th- you're yeah. totally right. Uh, well, but I mean, I I probably gonna, I'm probably gonna still keep using GitHub Copilot <laughs> just because it's, yeah, it yeah. provides me a lot of convenience. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. just uh, be extra careful about it. Um, right, right, right. But is that anyways. is that why you're so tired right now? Like you've been like finding <laughs> you're looking trying to find that bug, like <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That uh honestly I, I would have been more tired to write my write the code myself, honestly. I, I should think <laughs> true, true. Of co-pilot. And also also I, I would have you know made mistakes by myself. But you know, just when somebody else ma- makes a mistake, you're like extra angry mm. compared to when you know there's mm. also a dub- it's always a double standard. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. Just, so now that's a that's a planning. that's a cool. Yeah. Now that's oh, a good sorry. thing to address. Um, yeah. Yeah. The copilot bug. Uh, copilot bug. Um, yeah. Was that was that in <laughs> about the copilot? Like just that bug. Don't you were just like relying on it too much. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I just that was kind of a rant. I was saying like we uh I want to like tra- sort of uh segue it <laughs> to something else. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about what we're gonna talk about today. Uh, so we have, you know, a couple of topics prepared for today. Uh, one of the things is uh, sort of a topic that I I wanted to bring up is the future of Flutter on the web. So Flutter web Ooh. right now is uh, it is stable according to um, the Flutter team. But I uh, mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of conversation that's going on. I want to talk about specifically about uh, um, you know targeting WebAssembly and the future mm-hmm. of Flutter Web and where is this project mm-hmm. sort of going? Um, right. I think the the outcome of Flutter Web is also kind of dictating the outcome of Flutter in some sense. Mm. Uh, but that's that's one topic. The other topic is uh, what Mitch wanted to talk about is um, using Flutter to build a minimal viable product and MVP, and that's really cool because. Uh, I personally, I'm really interested in to- this topic because, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the biggest, um, you know, areas that Flutter excels at, right? It's so good at building something really quickly. It's so good at prototyping. It's so good at translating your, your thoughts into just real, you know, oh, a real workable, you know, you know, working prototype of a working application that you can, like, just use and show it to, you know, potential stakeholders, Um but yeah yeah uh, so those are the two main topics and maybe if we have time at the end we can um, respond to some YouTube comments just for fun to 
to fill out the time. Yeah. But just starting off with that Flutter web, that is actually interesting. Why do you say um, Flutter web will dictate where Flutter goes? Yes, because um, a major reason is that if Flutter web is, let's say in the perfect world where Flutter web works so perfectly, uh, Flutter will, became, will become huge. Right? Because, yeah. you know, the web is like the biggest platform. Uh, and mm. you you, ha- you have Android, you have iOS, but they both, you know, use the web. And they say, oh, the golden age of apps or the golden age of apps is gone <laughs> already. It's like uh, the, the, the fact that people don't download apps anymore. People just have like their, their apps. Like on, on average, mm. an average person downloads zero apps per year. <laughs> That's kind of an exaggeration, but that that I mean more like I mean more like they they download they just have the most you know basic apps they have the apps for top tens you know and then yeah. they they don't really download that many apps it 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 would take it would take a lot of effort to convince someone to download an app that's my point however uh, websites are so cheap and they you know they you can anybody can access a website. They don't have to install anything. They just have a web browser, which every device pretty much has. And, hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's truly cross-platform. It also works on your desktop computer. Um, the only, er, and also, also by the way, also you can push updates instantly to web platforms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, without, you know, passing any um, app store reviews. So that's all, it's, it's like perfect. <laughs> However, the downside mm-hmm. currently is that it's not, really as good of an experience as with a native um, application is able to achieve, right? Mm. There's a lot of native functionalities um, that's being capped by the operating systems, by the underlying platforms. Um, so web, you know, technologies, web technologies are kind of in a position where, you know, it's, it's good, but it's not good enough, apparently, because there there's still apps that, that, you know, people use. So I think if Flutter is able to, make the web web experience so good then it will become the dominant framework no problem uh because flutter is just so easy to use you know um like say, say whatever you want you want about you know flutter versus react native or whatever um i guess i guess like the the overall consensus is that flutter is like a really easy to use framework it has a really good developer experience and then uh it, it's you know it's like a go-to for a lot of people, so um, I'm curious on uh, on your thoughts, Mitch, about how how much would you use Flutter for the web? Let's say if, or what are the the, the problems that you you think Flutter web has right now? And if you the know, problems are resolved, would you use right, it? If right. if Flutter web was like. I mean, this, the word stable is like can get misconstrued, but like if Flutter Web was like truly, you know, I could use it just like to build a website or a web app kind of thing, and mm-hmm. it works the way we want it to work, then to me, that's like it's like I don't know, I don't know what the right word is like fantasy land. It's like it's too good to be true almost. <laughs> like, obviously, obviously, if Flutter Web is good, then that's amazing. Like, For I don't sure. think any Flutter person would be like, I don't think any Flutter person would be like, nah. Like <laughs> I don't need, I don't, I don't want Flutter Web to do well. It's always like a kind of trade off. I mean, we always talk about the people on the Flutter team. Like, there's a yeah. limited number of people, and it's always like when someone says, or like when I say, um, 
like I don't if I don't care too much about Flutter Web right now. It's like um it's always like a balance or like a trade off of how important it is compared to other things. Um mm-hmm. but uh so with that being said, Flutter Web I remember when it came out and you were just mentioning about how it doesn't have to go through like the app store. You don't have to publish it, review it. And if you want to pub- ch- uh, make a change, you don't have to you know go through that whole process, right? And mm-hmm. so when I was, this is kind of, I guess, slightly related to minimum viable product, but when I was like really trying to make like my first version of an app that I can really use for my business. Um, and then Flutter Web came out and I was like, for that exact reason, I could just put it on the web. I just used like some hosting thing and then you can put it in a user's hand so quickly, like just on, literally on the next day. I was like, <laughs> the app I was building, I just put it on Flutter Web and then they could use it. Um, but that's when, yeah, I ran into some some issues of like how uh, good it is. At that point, which I haven't used Flutter Web since that point, which was maybe like a year ago or a year or two or whenever it was. So I haven't used it for over a year. But at that point, like... I was having a lot of struggle with the rendering stuff and like the font uh-huh. was all messed up and like my icons wouldn't really and I spent yeah. a lot of time on that and so like I couldn't I was like maybe one day you know just the mindset of like yeah I want them to continually improve it improve it but um the fact that it's good on mobile at least puts me at ease like I'm mm-hmm. I'm not like uh worried about it um <clears throat> for the mobile side but yeah if if mobile if Flutter can do web yeah that's almost I don't know if I want to say game over, but like <laughs> oh, you, people, so many, so many people will be so inclined, like, because you can just make for all the platforms. Um, but have you been using Flutter web recently in the past, say like a year? Like what, what yeah. are some of the main issues that are still coming up? Mm, yeah. Um, so personally, I think, so there, there are two regions of the web. Um, you know, platform. There is one region that's the the websites. So those are you know, sort of almost like static sites where it's like let's say Stack Overflow. You know, like hmm. um, I want to think of a example like a blog. You know, sort of those things. Those are more like content hmm. focused where you have you have URLs because URLs are really the things that make web the web. You have you have URLs hmm. that that point to You know, you you can have things hyperlink together and mm. you're, you're more more focused on browsing the um the content directing you know redirecting to places like wikipedia right um mm. you just want to view that content like straight away it loads fast um there's also there's that and there's also the area of, of web apps where i'm talking where we're talking mm. about like single page applications spas or spas <laughs> um single page applications or just this web or just this idea of having the application running on the web is sort of a whole different um you know place that uh, you know uh frameworks like react angular view you know those frameworks try to excel at this um particular area and Flutter web is also aiming for this particular area um these apps are not really good at things like search engine optimizations because they're just mm, they yeah. just one big blob that the browser downloads and the browser parses an entire J, uh, uh, JS you know bundle and then the browser tries to like the browser pretty much downloads an app <laughs> except it's really small mm. Um, mm. and I think that Flutter Web isn't gonna is never gonna work 
for the first area for the for the website thing. I don't think Flutter is ever gonna work out well because Flutter is all about this interact interactivity. Um, you know, I, I do see a potential a potential possibility in you know a Flutter the Flutter framework being compiled so that a widget a static widget could be compiled into HTML. I, I see that possibility mm. from you know, uh, but but I don't see the possibility of really just having Flutter and being like. Like boom, now it's a website. I don't, I don't really mm. see that. Uh, however, though, Flutter Web is actually pretty promising. Um, the the text thing, the icon things, like uh, the issues that you've been experiencing, um, those have been issues before previously when Flutter Web was on a different render. Um, so just to give give you some, give you guys some like background information, uh, Flutter Web is running on two different renders. One render uh, or two different options that you can choose by default if you do uh, further build web um, dash dash release uh, you'll get this um, you know release build that contains two renders and on mobile by default it will do uh, the HTML render and on desktop uh, by default it will do the canvas kit render and the differences um, are that for the HTML render further sort of sort of tries to you know, they, they both have um, Flutter compiled, your Flutter code compiled to, to JavaScript, but um, on the HTML render, uh, your JavaScript, your compiled JavaScript tries to manipulate, you know, the whatever, using like uh, those browser components, like using like HTML, CSS to render the pages. Um, however, on the Canvas Kit render, uh, the Flutter team have, the Flutter team has like a, uh, like a canvas, sort of like a canvas written or canvas kit thing, written in WebAssembly, uh, and your your Flutter code compiled to JavaScript will will target that. You know, it will it will run your Flutter app on within that canvas kit, you know, render. So that canvas kit thing is written in WebAssembly. That doesn't mean your your Flutter code is compiled to WebAssembly. That's t totally different. Um, I'll get to why Flutter code currently cannot compile WebAssembly in a bit, uh, but right now that's kind of the case. And your Dart code is compiled to JavaScript, a huge JavaScript bundle, and that you know a lot of people don't like that. I don't like that either. It's a big JavaScript bundle that your browser will have to download, and also it it could get really big. And JavaScript is not the fastest language, um, and if you try to push the performance you'll see that there is a big gap in your Flutter web app performance and your actual, uh, your, your, your uh, Flutter mobile app performance, you know, by, by having the same application. Um, so, so the reason why, you know, uh, and also for, for those of you who don't know what uh, WebAssembly is, so WebAssembly is sort of this uh, binary, binary uh, format that uh, different languages can compile to, for example, Rust, you know, compiled to uh, WebAssembly. And then WebAssembly could be run by browsers almost natively. I would say just natively. It's like a, mm. almost a native performance. It's very fast. Mm. And apps like uh, Figma, you know, design app, uses WebAssembly. That has, I think Figma has like a, either an Angular or whatever, like a shell. And then the actual application that Figma has, you know, runs, the, the actual ap application is WebAssembly. It's written, it's compiled to WebAssembly. Um, and 
you, you could probably tell like Figma has like amazing performance for web application. Um, it's almost hard to believe that's that it is a web you know a web application. So, so, uh, so the reason why Dart cannot be compiled to WebAssembly, even though that that sounds good on paper, the reason behind that is that WebAssembly doesn't really support uh, garbage collection. That's that's kind of a bummer because Dart is a garbage collected language, and uh, you know, languages like Rust and C they don't really have a garbage collector. Uh, like C is C for C or C plus plus, you have to sort of manage garbage, you know, free stuff by yourself. And Rust is Rust is like a different beast. Like it it, it uses this borrow checker or the, the it uses this borrow uh, borrowing uh, variables um, way of you know managing memory is. It's really cool, but you know it, it's also not like automatically bar garbage collected, in a sense, uh, like how Dart is. Uh, I'm not really sure which garbage collection uh, um, methodology that Dart uses. However, if Dart were to say create a garbage collector just for the WebAssembly <coughs> binary that it, it compiles to, first of all, that's gonna be very difficult to to, to do. You have the the Dart team has to now implement. A garbage collector, just for you know, the WebAssembly binary that it targets, uh, but also that <clears throat> if it adds a GC to the the WebAssembly package or the WebAssembly binary, it will make that binary size you know a lot more a lot bigger, <clears throat> and that's definitely not good. Um, and that's kind of sad. <laughs> However, there is an ongoing effort that um, if there is a proposal going on to add um. A garbage collector into the WebAssembly um, standard, and that that uh, project or that proposal is called Wasm GC. So Wasm stands for WebAssembly <laughs> and GC garbage collector. So that's the current state of Flutter Web, and you know I would love to have Flutter Web to work really really well, um, and I do believe in Flutter Web actually. I I think I, Flutter Web has like amazing performance. If you, if you actually try to have your Flutter uh, application to be compiled to Flutter Web, it's um, it, it's working really well. If you look at those, um, if you look at Rive, Rive is an um, animation, you know, animation mm. uh, creation yeah. application, right? And it is written in Flutter Web, and it, it's been compiled, uh, it compiled from Flutter, um, and it is a really, it, it just works. <laughs> it's sort of mm. amazing that... Uh, um, you know that your Flutter application could just be compiled to web, mm. and also the experience of building Flutter for you know platforms including web is really good, because instead of having to build for web and then build for your your mobile like you would have to do with you know React, um, even though you know with React you have React Native, it's still not the f the full the like the easiest transition. You still have to work on your code to make your react code uh react native um however mm. however like with flutter you just have this smooth development cycle that you just work on your flutter flutter code base you have uh, sometimes you, you want to keep uh you know be be mindful of oh whether this dependency you bring in can work on the web or not so there is certainly that but just the experience of you know building an application from the ground up everything is synchronous you you just mm. you just you know focused on your application itself and 
when when working on that, you'd be like, oh, let, let's check performance on web. Let's check how the app is looking on, on, on mobile. But you, as you keep working on it, you have your focus on the application itself. And for the web sort of just works. It's, it's truly amazing. I just want to kind of put this put this here. Mm. Wow. Wait, so just about the WebAssembly, did you say that Flutter team is working on it, like the d direction wise? Uh, they have been working on it actually. Uh, we can um, we can include some some links if we <laughs> remember to. But uh, yeah. So they have a prototype that compiles Dart to WebAssembly, um, in in some ways, um, and they have like they have tried they have experience with it. I think it was also mentioned in some blog posts, um, but. Obviously, they, they can't have the, the, the real deal because WebAssembly doesn't have a garbage collector. Right, okay. Wow, interesting. You know, about just going back to the uh, Flutter web, just the use case of it, um, it would be so good to have if I can make a web app properly with Flutter web because like of what you said about people not downloading like mobile apps anymore. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, that stat of people download zero apps a year. I think that's a true, that's not, I don't even think that's an exaggeration. I think if you actually average it to a nearest whole number, it's zero. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking while you were talking about that, I was just thinking about um, when you go to a different, like when you go to different cafes or restaurants, I'm sure you probably have it in America as well, where you can order on your phone, right? Like your yeah. little QR code. And then you just like order from the um, from the phone, and in the in those scenarios, it's so good that it's just through their web, that like I don't have to mm -hmm. download a freaking app to order like for this restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like it's just it makes that it makes that use case so uh, so seamless. Like, yeah. So actually, that would be that would be pretty sick if if you know Flutter Web was was as good as that. Um, <laughs> and just you know the on the developer experience. Like I remember when Flutter Web came out. And I kind of do that nowadays with um, Mac desktop because it's just like a window. Sometimes mm -hmm. like I won't even open my iOS simulator. I'll just like <laughs> open the yeah. Mac window, just drag <laughs> it around, different screen size, whatever. Um, uh -huh. So it, it's been fun on that. But then sometimes you have to go back and test it on your phone, on like iOS simulator because you like forget about <laughs> some, I don't know, something that you forgot. It's just, oh, it's meant to be on mobile. And you know, I yeah. kind of like, forgot i was developing for mobile like <laughs> um, yeah uh let, let me just mention a few downsides currently in for the web okay um, yeah. both like uh, the user experience and development side uh okay. so obviously for the web is something it, it's just a target that you can you can just a deployment target you can just target it's really easy to target however um further currently is still being compiled to web technologies so you obviously have the limitation of web te technologies right uh, and one limitation is that uh, going back, like the browser um, sort of, uh, like the browser can't really, um, you know, support everything that your your Flutter, your Flutter, you know, m mobile uh, targets would, would be able to support. So for example, we can't really save a file to your application document. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, you, yeah. You can't, you cannot do that. So we have to figure out a different caching strategy. Um, there is browser local store. Uh, there's browser lo mm -hmm. local storage uh, that, you know, there are plugins that provide you a universal um, 
interface for for different platforms. For example, Hive does, um, and that's great. However, you know, you, you can't just be like, oh, just let me no, let me just get the path of that file. You can't you cannot do that anymore. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's one downside. <laughs> okay. uh, the yeah. other downside is I a lot of integrations that browsers have don't really work well with Flutter. For example, um, the going back and forward, like the back and forward, like previous next like history things, the history controls, like going back and going yeah. forward. Uh, those buttons don't work, uh, and um, your mm. browse like a lot of the browser um, like uh, sort of accessibility things don't really work, um, and <coughs> uh, and yeah, th th those are what I what I can think of right now. And then also <laughs> another big downside uh, is that um, if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna like have some heavy compute, um, you know like some some function that's really expensive in terms of like compute time you can't easily put that on a separate isolate as you can in like other platforms um so flutter isolate doesn't really work exactly the same way on flutter web which is really unfortunate because on the web you you obviously have web workers but flutter can't really natively take care of web workers as a part of the the framework interfaces what you have to do is that you have to write code in JavaScript to take care of some uh, some heavy uh, some like you know heavy computation work, um, and then have your have a library that calls the JavaScript function as you know you know as a web worker's thread, and then have the result returned to you, back to you, and you know that that kind of sucks. <laughs> if you have a function mm -hmm. that's already in Dart. You can't really just call that and, and then put that on an isolate to be ran. Um, for me, that's a big downside. I think um, when you want to when you want to have any anything that's <laughs> that's expensive in terms of computational tasks. But yeah. So why would anyone at this current point in time, twenty twenty two August, why would anyone use Flutter Web? Like, mm. what would be a use case for it? Good question. So if your application doesn't involve a lot of scrolling, uh, doesn't mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, doesn't care too much about um, about like let's say uh, about startup startup time, um, mm. your um, for example an, an internal tool would be great, like Flutter Web. Like when you if you just want to build an application that runs on the web so quickly Flutter Web got you like it it, it can just like you can just, com you can just compile your existing Flutter application on the web boom you're good to go it's really easy yeah um, yeah so the <laughs> in, an internal tool will be an example and also like an application like Rive you know that's really clever mm. like um, or some like I, I think there was another application that's like um, that's like uh, rows and columns or you know like an Excel sheet application it's like collaborative. Okay, uh, it was right. mentioned in Flutter, Flutter um, Engage. Um, also, for example, uh, like like Notion. Let's, let's say if you're making Notion, that would mm -hmm. be a great great app to be put on Flutter Web. Just right now, you can start really? using Flutter Web for to build an app like Notion. I bet it will work really? better than Notion. I feel like Notion is kind of really? laggy. Interesting. Well, I haven't actually. I know what Notion is. I've never really used it myself, but I like I know what it is. You're saying mm -hmm. if so one was to make 
um, notion like that, like through Flutterweb, mm. you think you can? Yeah. Really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. And then I mean I don't know if this is like completely related or not, but like you were talking about the um like like a few weeks ago you were talking about the rich text editor doesn't in in uh-huh. Notion isn't that like a lot of those related issues? Oh, you're just you actually brought a good you actually got a good point a rich text I I completely forgot about that I completely forgot about how much uh Notion relies on a, fo- a rich text editor. Uh, I I always thought to start Notion was sort of a like a <laughs> like a an app where you can like put in like a lot of tables and, and stuff uh, like that's what i init- mostly use notion for <laughs> sorry about that uh right, yeah right. no a uh, no, rich text yeah. editor <laughs> isn't really um the best option if you needed that uh in in flutter or sorry flutter web isn't the best option if you needed a rich text editor uh n- not there, there isn't one that just works so well just like um one you can find with a you know a javascript one that's that's kind of unfortunate right. i apologize for that does just to um, just to clarify for myself, when you when we're talking about rich text editor, what specifically functions are you talking about? Like, are you talking about the making the bold, italicize, size, and indentation, or are you talking about like copy pasting, or like, what exactly is it? No, I mean, uh, yeah, the like copy pasting, bold, italics, like inserting stuff, like all all those like basic rich text editor, you know, like stuff that you 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 get like. It's like, imagine like Google Docs. That's like the, the rich text mm. editing experience on there. Okay. So bold, italic, right, right. you know, font color, font sizes, um, putting in mm. images, okay. um, alignment, bullet points, uh, indentation, mm, right. uh, fonts, uh, and also tools like, um, uh, like s- sort of like selecting text and copying uh, formatting and something like that. Okay. Um, that that's right. maybe, that maybe that's kind of extra. But I'm more talking about like the the nuances that the text editors have, like so many features that users don't really think about when they're using them. Mm-hmm. But if they don't have those features or nuances, they'll feel like, oh, this is doesn't work that well. You know, <laughs> there's so many things. For like example, when, when, yeah, for example, when you select a piece of text and then try to like drag it around, or when you have mm-hmm. an image and you try to drag it around and try to resize it, and then like those okay, touch experience right. and different bre- different right. different platforms have different nuances i mentioned uh, on on desktop you have so many keyboard shortcuts right and they they um mm. and you have like so many mouse interactions it's really difficult to get things right right microsoft mm. took decades to get that right um right. and it's it's hard for someone to just implement that um it looks small but it's, it's actually very big it was actually interesting when you were mentioning this from last time and you were saying in computer science, like this is just a kind of, not a, I don't want to say, uh, I don't know what the right word is, not a common problem, but it's a big computer science problem, like just editing. Oh, <laughs> like editing text. Oh, I guess, um, you know, because we're we're all editing text because code yeah, is just yeah. text. We're just editing text. But that's different than, but that's different than, I guess, rich text. But we do edit rich text all the time, like in schools, in like work. Um, but yeah. Right, right, yeah. But yeah, interesting. So you're saying you use Flutter Web if... Um, yeah, so wait, so what, what was the ultimate like conclusion to that? Like when should someone use Flutter mm-hmm. Web? You talked about no scrolling. You talked about how Rive was a good 
um, yeah. with the Rive thing, because I know Rive is, I used Rive for some of the animations, but mm-hmm. um, you're saying, like, what, what, does it, what does their website look like? Like, you, they built the website with Flutter Web? Yeah, uh, Rive, it's like an animation creator. Um, and um, I, I feel like, I feel like Rive, I, I used Rive before, it is sort of buggy uh, in, in the early stages. Um, right. But it's pretty impressive. I, I feel like um, because you know, Rive is a big product for sure. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, so it's kind of hard, hard to get that right. Um, mm. I would just, I, I'm just imagining using JavaScript to build something like Rive, and I feel mm, like okay. it would be, it would definitely be harder to build Rive with JavaScript. I feel like Flutter, or I mean, with a JavaScript framework. But I mean, like with with Flutter. It, it will like the development time is gonna be so much shorter. Hmm. But yeah, you know, um, <laughs> there was actually um, on YouTube very early Flutter days. There was this guy on YouTube who was making a lot of tutorials, and I can't remember what his name was, but he was one of the first few people, like maybe the first person, and he made like a bunch of tutorials that you know. Uh, people like me just watched and stuff and then he just disappeared and then we were on reddit like where where did he go and then it turned out he um deleted all his videos and stuff because he got hired Whoa. by the flutter team and so oh wow. this is just my question to you would you ever work in the flutter team i feel like you got like such great expertise and as a user like <laughs> you know what the ins and outs is like i'm sure they would like pick you up in a heartbeat like if you wanted to <laughs> no but wait wait that? why did he delete the videos though I think it's like a it's probably like in the legal contract or something. I don't know. I don't know what the specifics. It's but yeah, one day oh. his videos were all gone, and then apparently wow. he wo- he's got a job at at Flutter, and so yeah, wow. I don't know what the specifics is. But um, that, yeah. would you would you work at Flutter? <laughs> I mean, I I would, I'd love to work for Flutter because that's like you know, hell it's yeah, gonna be, <laughs> that's gonna be, uh, gonna be cool. I, I doubt if they 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 would need me because they they probably need people with like. Um, some platform expertise. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Right, I've yeah. never looked into. <laughs> I've never even thought about this idea of working for Flutter. That's that's yeah. really cool. No, because you 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 always like bringing up all this like stuff, and I was just like writing all this down, just like as like <laughs> some just you know just <laughs> notes. And then you know I'm sure like you, when you bring up all these issues with the Flutter web and stuff, like you know, especially because you're a user, so you know, like you have this angle that like maybe. True. Some people in the actual development team don't have like. Um, True. Um, some yeah. So yeah, that's just a cool thought. I guess I just had. So you would you you are open to the idea if they did approach you like. Yeah, I I I and, guess yeah, like good totally. money, good everything, good all that. That would be doesn't. Sick, yeah. <laughs> uh, like the the money part doesn't really matter too much because you know you're mm. you're in Google, so it's sort of you're just mm. in Google. Yeah. Like the, the the levels would probably be the same. One thing one thing mm. I really hate though, I wanna say this, is that I hated documenting. Documenting stuff. Um like Google's right. documentation is like like f- I mean in ter- in terms of like they they like to do a lot of architectural design. They like to do like a lot of writing. Like not code writing mm. but like English mm. writing. Um I, I didn't really like that too much. <laughs> right. But I guess that is necessary. <laughs> 
but Google is known for like over engineering things. I feel like Flutter, there's a lot of over engineering in Flutter. I feel like, <laughs> um, right, right, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm totally glad to provide insights. I'm no expert. Um, I'm I'm just I just like browse too many uh, Reddit posts to to, mm. to know this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just on just on that when you when you said like you're no expert, um, just as a general statement just having a conversation with you for the last few weeks of this part and stuff. Um, this type of knowledge that you have is invaluable. And I mean, like, you can't pay for this information because it's so <laughs> on the cutting edge. Like, you're, like, on literally on the edge of the technology and it's so new that, like, there's no book on this. There's no, like, you know, you don't go to school for this. Like, you're learning this on the job, on um, your own experience. Like, that very specific knowledge it's like, for me, it's so valuable. I'm pretty sure people listening, it's so valuable. But beyond that, it's like, you can't pay for this stuff. Like, <laughs> I appreciate like, that. <laughs> do, you, do you ever think about that? Like that experience that you have of like, that's why I was just thinking about you working at the Flutter team. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, amazing. Like, because you've already made like a lot of apps and um, that, I, you know, when I downloaded them and I was just playing around with them, I was like, wow, this feels like a professional, like, app like <laughs> that's <laughs> why you. you're probably so smart and all this stuff <laughs> no, 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 thank you. You. I, I really appreciate that I, I feel like the experience wouldn't really help me in the flutter team per se i, I feel like the flutter team really needs mm. some like um experts in like you know low level stuff like rendering stuff like right yeah. in, in the, the different platforms um and like mm. web, web assembly experts um but but i feel like my experience would be uh, helpful um in like you know like building an mvp which is a good segue mm. <laughs> to our next topic. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was smooth. <laughs> that was smooth. I yeah, I take yeah. pride on that. Um, but also uh, I, just yeah. Oh, sorry. What's that? Go finish up. No, finish your thought. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I was just thinking that uh, like um, you know building an MVP it uh, it's it's like something that you know you want to do quickly, and I feel like the experience mm-hmm. of building something is gonna help you build things quickly in terms of mm. like p- quickly and and correctly <laughs> or i mean more mm. uh, more like effect e- effectively correctly is sort mm. of a bad word to say but yeah what, what were you gonna say no i was gonna say um just while we transition to the mvp um and i was mentioning before about when flutter web came out like from me building my ios and android app with flutter and then Flutter Web came out, so I could easily just deploy it on that and host it. And just, I had this thing where um, I went on Canva and I made this like little card. It's like a business card basically, but it's like a vertical card with Ooh. a QR code on it. And I just went to the, um, to like, like my thing was for the students. So I went to the library, I just hand them out, and people would just scan it and then look at it on Flutter Web. And that delivery was so quick. You know, yeah. otherwise I'd have to. I I still like to uh, even when I make my apps and like you know. Uh, have like a published app and I want people to download it then I would still make that QR code you know card and hand them out but it does mm-hmm. have that extra step that they require to go to the down you know and install this app um, mm. so like I don't know that was just a uh, thought I had but about the minimum viable product MVP um, The this is actually the reason why I'm using Flutter at all mm. um, like I said I have a general interest in programming and I want to get better at programming because like, it's just very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But 
the reason why I didn't become like an iOS developer or like when I was doing Android programming, I didn't just go full Android. The reason why I chose Flutter was precisely because I want to make a minimum viable product. Like I want to eventually make a business out of this. Mm. Um, and for those people that don't know what a minimum viable product is, it's uh, essentially just the very first version of your product that you can mm. give to a user to see if your idea is going to work or not. Um, mm. Sometimes like speaking of over-engineering, sometimes we can spend a lot of time over-engineering an app that people don't like, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, you had, you spent so much time uh, building this app that people might not um, like. And so that's why this idea of MVP is like very, you know, infectious in like Silicon Valley or these startup communities. And I listen to a lot of, I don't know if you know of like Y Combinator, um, it's, it's, it's like the incubator or accelerator where, you know, companies like Airbnb and like Twitch and I don't know if Twitch came out of that, but one of the partners is like, I think um, the Twitch co-founder is in the board. It's on yeah, the yeah. board. Michael Siebel. I listen to him yeah. like a lot, like every day. Mm. Um, and like Paul Graham, all these people, like I listen to them, uh, a lot. And once in one interesting thing that Michael Siebel, the Twitch guy always talks about is if you're from the moment you have an idea and you want to build an MVP, if it takes longer than, uh, I can't remember what his exact time frame was, but like if it takes longer than two weeks or like a month to build your MVP and put it in front of a user, then it's not an MVP. Like you're mm. you're doing something else. Um, it shouldn't actually take so long, you know, because it's kind of what you said uh, last week about Firebase and just the whole scaling thing and the question of like, oh, is is this a, what's a scalable solution? And you were saying um, that once it becomes like that becomes just a separate problem on its own like when you have something that works and you need to scale it as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to scale it from the beginning um, mm-hmm. and uh one of the pictures i like i linked it to you and i'll put it on the screen for people to for people to look at but like mm. i feel like this picture really illustrates the idea of how to build an um a minimum viable product and just for people listening i'll put it on the screen if you're on youtube but like yeah have it pulled up for people listening <laughs> it's essentially this like let's say i want to make um something for transport like i want to make a car um the way you shouldn't do it like the non-mvp way is to kind of think about the compartments of a car kind of like lego blocks and from step one you build a wheel and then you build the casing and then you build like the uh, engine and then you try to put this all together to finally make a car. And that's kind of how normal people would think about it. But this idea of building a minimum viable product is the very first stage. If you look at the picture, it's a skateboard. It goes from skateboard to scooter to bicycle to motorcycle to car. (laughs) And one thing I love about this is from version one, you can move because what we're about in this example is transport. Like Mm -hmm. that should be your first uh version because what if you test it and some people don't even want to move around like it like people it turns out like no one wants to you know have a transport vehicle like but you spend so much time making this damn car (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so like you know that's kind of the sort of idea i have when it comes to building apps and coding i really like the idea phase and then like making the ui for it and then you know try to build an mvp out of it and 
lately I've been trying to I've been getting a lot of help from David about just you know back end knowledge and stuff so I need to like improve myself in that aspect to ultimately <laughs> you know scale this properly and all that but just on that initial stage about the version 1 I do you guys know Wordle? I think you know yeah. Wordle, right? Yeah, you Wordle. Know that game. For sure. I I watched a podcast on MKBHD's podcast like waveform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Wordle guy was a guest and so mm-hmm. I was watching that and just because I'm just curious about how he made it and all that and one thing I really liked is the simplicity of his game and people like MKBHD keep asking so if you don't know what Wordle is it's like a word game and I think it's like five letters five letter word you have to guess the name yeah uh, guess the word Mm-hmm. And people have these questions because the game blew up. People like MKBHD kept asking him like, oh, have you ever thought about like six letters or seven letters? Or like, what about this feature and that feature? And like, one thing I really liked about what Josh Wardle, Wardle said was, um, how do you, instead of like trying to pack it with like every feature that you can think of, how do you remove every feature? Like remove as much of it as you can, but leaving the core thing there. And I thought that was really cool because like, even when we think about apps and I've been thinking about this for a while now, but even this week when I was like, just kind of thinking about an idea for an app, it's like, you get caught up in like all these different features I want to add. Like I'm going to, my core app is to connect, you know, tutors together, for example. And then you think Mm -hmm. about like, okay, you should have a chat function, right? You need to have a Uh chat function. Like, and then I start to have to build a chat function and it's like, what about a search function? And you know, at some (laughs) point, maybe all of this stuff you want to put in, but it's a really interesting thought experiment of like, mm. what should be the core idea and the thing that you should put in version one. Um, That's so good. And it's I think it's quite it's quite difficult as well, but it's an interesting. Uh, it's very interesting to think about and I love talking about this stuff. So yeah, what's your, yeah, that's, what's your that's thoughts really on that? Especially because you have a lot of apps that you've made and at some point you would have <laughs> had, to, had to put that version one, right? So yeah, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, you're, you're, the the idea you mentioned is really inspiring that, you know, like, how do you, like, instead of thinking of, like, what features to add on, like, how how would you, like, how can you, you know, strip as many features as possible to still have a minimal viable product? And that's, that's yeah. I feel like that's such a good mentality. That is such a good lesson for me. Yeah, I, I'm like, so, mm. this is so, ed- such good education um, <laughs> values uh, for me. Um I think, uh, in a in a sense, you know, it's always difficult to stri- strip out, uh, like, um, you know, like, uh, features. That's always hard. Like those are your app features, and mm. you wanna like. I guess, you you wanna pack in as many features as possible because that's gonna make your app better, in a sense. Mm. Um, however, uh, you're you're always on a limited time frame. Let's say, because mm. c- c- there's two mentalities in working as a software developer, right? You, you can be the, mm. the corporate developer where you are on a team. You, you might be the tech lead or you might be just a dev. Um, but mm. the, the point is that, you, you know, you might be on an agile uh, team. Um, the, the idea might be that, oh, okay, you, you, you want to have small pieces of testable code out there and then, and, you know, stuff like that. But really your company is paying for it and your company has a schedule and um, you have a runway, but 
you 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 were like you were like taking your time and building the product, and then in that case, you're not sh- maybe shooting for MVP. You're more shooting for the pro like the feature complete product, and you want to take your time, figure out your architecture, figure out your code, you know, your like code structures, like figure everything out, choose the optimal scalable solution, have like design docs, dis- discussions about it, architectural reviews, stuff like that. But you ain't got no time for that for if you're <laughs> if you're working as an individual dev trying to get your uh, MVP off the ground, and in that case, you might not have. The time to, to to figure everything out, and um, in my experience, in my experience, uh, I you know initially, you know, uh, I had an app that I wanted to build. Um, we got a designer. We designed a few features, and um, uh, no offense to define uh, to designers. <laughs> uh, when you say no <laughs> offense, you know you're gonna offend people. Exactly. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but designers, uh, they they like to. They like th- they like to adding a lot of things without you know considering how mm. difficult it is to <laughs> implement it, mm. and it, sometimes yeah. it's a good thing uh, because I feel like if a programmer was designing stuff, they might be discouraged mentally, like subconsciously, um, when when they're d- designing feet for features, they might be like, oh, that's probably too hard. Let me just design it a little bit differently. So so you might end up making bad designs. However, designers might make you know big features or. If Difficult features to implement, um, and ended up you, you might end up looking at that at that. You'd be like, "Oh, there's no way we can implement. We can we can build that in five months. There, there's no way." Um, you might you might have like so many features, right? Let's, let's say a chat and stuff. You'd be like, "Okay, a, a chat feature. Like how? Like where where would I host this? Or would I would I do WebSocket? Mm. Like how many users gonna be using this? Like oh, there's a if if I use a Node.js server, then okay, like I I have like a uh, a cap on how many WebSocket connections I, I have, and then do I do I want this to be scalable? If yes, do I do I want like an elastic, like scalable multi like multiple node like architecture mm-hmm. where WebSockets will be channeled? Like oh, should I use like oh like do I go for API gateways and then try to make like you have to now consider for all that and those mm-hmm. those considerations are not app features, those are not mm-hmm. those are those are the scalability concerns, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. they have. They have nothing to do with making your product better um, for now, right? They don't mm. contribute at all. If they do contribute, the the only way they can they can contribute is you know bringing you more bugs and issues because they're more complex, right? Right. Um, I I'm um, I'm fully supportive of you know what you said of trying to strip out as many things as possible. Both in the, the both in design wise and in development wise, like in de- design wise, obviously, like you want to like see oh like on a high level what features are needed for an app, um, but on the development, um, uh, you know, on the development side as well, because you want to look at okay, how do I implement these features? What what is the easiest, yes, mo- most effective way to build those features? that it's going to sustain me for at least, you know, this amount of time with this amount of users. Uh, you want to have a sense of that. And, you, you, you know, like, oh, this is my budget. And um, mm. what should I go for? What, what's, like, the, what's like you know, the pros and cons of going? Let, let's say if you want to host your stuff on, um, on a- AWS. Um, and let's say you have your service and people be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a Kubernetes cluster. And as a wise man, once said about Kubernetes, 
is that you don't freaking need Kubernetes. <laughs> uh, you most likely don't want to worry about that yourself because that's mm. that's time spent on not making your app better. Um, and mm. s- same things goes, you know, same things go with uh, like frontend decisions. Like mm. how how polished I want to make my frontend app. Do do I want to make every like aspect right? Because sometimes you might be like, oh, let's say um, let's let's say a date picker, such a basic thing, right? A date picker. Mm. The d- the designer might have made you, if you, or if you are the designer, you might be like, oh, I want to have my own cool date picker. And my advice is that don't have your date picker. Just use existing yeah. one. This is uh, this is an yeah. app function, right? And not having your mm. own date picker, let's say in this example. Uh, might you know bring you down a little bit might be like oh you know my app look and feel might not be as consistent uh, per se Uh, but honestly the users don't really care Um, especially Mm. your MVP users they just just want to pick a date like at at the very moment when the user needed that functionality the user goes to pick a date right and what's Mm. the reason to use your own date date picker that's not been tested Rather than mm. using some date picker that's designed by some of you know some of those people who have already done user testing and already you know done already like testing unit tests on that widget itself and that widget is already robust, right? There's no there's absolutely no reason at all. So in, in that case, just use uh, just outsource and um, outsource that task and you you know preserve your time. Um, however, I, I especially wanted to touch on back end. I feel like because I feel like that's where most of the time is wasted. Because <laughs> uh, if you're working on front end, you're always working on your app because that's where your app, uh, what's your, what's your, what your users, users are, are sort of interacting, you know, always. Mm. But back end wise, not, right. not always, <laughs> because mm. uh, you have you're gonna have so many decisions that you have to make. Let, let me just give you a few examples. Uh, for example, if you're make if you're making any app, you're trying to host content, right? Now, now you're thinking, okay, I need to, uh, a place to host my my images, my my you know static assets. Uh, do I want to use um, S three bucket or like a S three like bucket thing, like like uh, like DigitalOcean Spaces, or do I want to sort of host like host that somewhere else? Like because S three buckets are usually the way to go, right? And th- and then now uh, you think. Uh, You'd be you'd be like thinking, okay, now now I need a CDN. I, I need to sort of put you know like put a CDN in front of that, and um, and uh, and as for your server, you might you might be considering different architectures. You might be like thinking, oh, should I use Firebase? Should I use like uh, microservices? Should I um, you know use something like AWS Lambda? Should I go serverless? Um, and for databases, you're all you're always you also have like considerations to be like, oh, should I go SQL? Should I go no SQL? Uh, what other database should I should I have a Redis for caching? Um, you know, like what should I use for like what other caching strategies should I have? And if if you want to make um, a searching um, feature um, functionality, then you might be you you might also have to worry. Oh, should I should I just bite the bullet and you know pay and then to use Algolia or should I host my own Elasticsearch instance or should I go for some other Mm. like other pre-made you know search engine stuff Um, same thing goes with like um, real time um, I guess like real time functionalities Um, and after all that 
you might be like, oh, now I, I have this entire infrastructure and I want to be able to redeploy this infrastructure you know, to other places when I need to. So now how about infrastructure mm. as code? <laughs> how about yeah. like Terraform? Yeah. And you have so much things that you consider. Um, if like, what if you just have one computer that you host in your bathroom it's one Mac Mini or whatever. You write your code on there. You save all the images on there. You don't have any CDN for a search functionality. You literally do a linear search. Let's say, let's say you do you <laughs> you, <laughs> you do you do like the the easiest yep. thing possible. Whatever linear yep. search might even be harder, harder than like mm. if you had a fuzzy search uh, library installed and you use the easiest language possible. That's like or the the language that you're familiar with the the most. You know whatever JavaScript, Python whatever and then uh uh as for real time you outsource it to f a firestore let's say um you use firestore for real time and everybody is subscribed to one f or to to like th their own firestore document so this way they get a it's this way you get a free real time listener thing right uh firestore is, is so cheap if you use it for real time um related stuff i mean by real time i really mean like just notifying users but yeah, now you got yourself a solid backend that's gonna send you, as as long as your 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 bathroom doesn't catch on fire, or <laughs> your 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 computer there is still fine. I'm not saying you should actually go this way. I'm just saying that what yeah, if you yeah. did this, <laughs> your app mm. is still gonna work, right? Mm. Yeah, a lot of considerations to make. Yeah, that's why. Sorry, I, but I've been renting a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. Like. You, you raised a lot of good points. Um, that's why simplicity is, is, and I don't mean simplicity from the backend side, but like feature-wise, that's why I think it's good to mm. not like, there's some features that might be for your business or your app that are essential and some that are like kind of essential. If it's kind of mm. essential, then you shouldn't use the word essential. Like it's kind of important. Um, and so there's probably like a spectrum of them, right? Um, I actually think that um, too many, like having more features doesn't always mean better. Like, mm -hmm. I think there's like a point of diminishing returns. And then actually, I think it's almost negatively impacts it. And the, exa <laughs> the example I can think of right now is, is Instagram um, mm. and sort of Facebook itself as well. But like um, Instagram used to be a place when Instagram first came out, I was like, why would you ever use Instagram when you can post a picture on Facebook? Feature-wise, mm. they both have it. I was like, why would um, why would someone post on Instagram as opposed to Facebook? Um, so I've been thinking about this a lot, but Facebook has so many features, like they have chatting, they have, you know, newsfeed, they have all these like different features that like, when Instagram came out, if it's about pictures and for people who want to post good pictures and stuff, then you're going Instagram. You're not going Facebook, even mm. though Facebook has the capability. It's not their. It's not like their, like, main. It was meant to be the main thing, but like they're not. It's not their one strength. And now, obviously, because Facebook owns uh, Instagram, the Facebook effect is happening to Instagram now. Where Instagram, I feel like, has too many features, and so as a content creator. Like, I know if I'm going to make some content, like a tutorial or whatever, I need to post something. I know what I'm going to Twitter for. I know I know what, uh, if I go post a TikTok, I specifically have to make this vertical video to post on TikTok. 
when I think about Instagram, what is it now? Is it square photos? Am I posting a story? Am I posting, you know, doing Instagram live? Like <laughs> it's, it's mm. getting so bloated that the, the, the focus of the platform is actually diminishing. And I think over time, um, right now it's got a good like network effect situation where like a lot of your friends or celebrities that you follow are on there. So that's why it's still, I would say quote unquote dominantly used, but I think it's going to have the same effect as what Facebook did where you know, one really uses Facebook like that anymore. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think in a few years, Instagram's going to go down the same path of like, you know, it just gets so diluted. It's like, what is this platform even for? And yeah, um, yeah that's, just, that's just my thought on having, having too many features and more and more features I don't think is a good thing necessarily. Mm. Um, but yeah, with I that was being on said... Facebook. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, no, I just like, want to add on that. To, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> just talk, talk about the Facebook thing. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was on the Facebook ad, uh, app and then the the app has like six tabs like on the bottom. I've never seen so many tabs. <laughs> Wait, really? Six? Not even five. It's six now. I, I, I oh. think last time I checked was six. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, right, right, I didn't right. even know you can put six tabs in there. I didn't know that that was that was legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's interesting. I never even I never even saw six, yeah. That's funny. Um, now the with the checked, feature yeah. with with the feature thing, um to use a different company's example, just going back to the Twitch example, um, like, you know what Twitch is, right? Like mm-hmm. the streaming, the games, um, they had like Justin Khan and Emmett and these other guys in the team where like three of them were engineers. Um, so they were like very like technically gifted, like very strong mm-hmm. in that sense. So there's, I mean, you can imagine, you know, live streaming video, like that requires a lot of, you know, engineering. Yeah. And, they had a lot of features on there, like chatting features, um, but the company didn't take off, uh, even though they had all of these features. And Michael Siebel, who was part of the team, who is on the board of uh, one of the partners at Y Combinator, he always talks about this, where the moment that really kind of things started to take off is when they actually started to talk to their users. <laughs> and one of the users <laughs> that they were talking, one of the users that they were talking to, and uh i'm sure you know as well but it's like starcraft 2 was like oh mainly you know starcraft 2 was like mainly the 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 game that made twitch into what it is like right now oh, you think about really twitch, it's all gaming it's all I gaming know that. Right? but like but back then like the only reason i know about twitch and justin tv is through starcraft because like people were oh. streaming it and who's, on who's there, there was on no there? just like anyone like any everyone oh okay like i mean like everyone, like that's where you would go to watch stream or even if I want to watch like a Korean professional game, I'd say I'll go there to watch StarCraft. Oh, um, wow. But, uh, and so once like they f- saw that these gamers were using the platform, they started to talk to these gamers, like their users of like, oh, what should, you know, what do you think about the product? What do you want and stuff? And they had this like, they had so many uh, features be- already built in, but the one thing that they mm-hmm. wanted was the resolution. They just wanted a higher resolution. Um, mm. like HD because at the moment they didn't have HD and they were saying how like making it HD actually wasn't that difficult from their perspective because they had already implemented all this other stuff right and so oh. it was almost like just a switch of a button type feel maybe yeah you pay more extra money to store it or whatever but like um, and then that's what really made it took off and so that's mm. the point I'm trying to make is the point I'm trying to make is it's not like that you shouldn't add features right it's just like sometimes you don't 
you'll have this idea in your head of like it should be this it should be this feature you have to have this feature when the most uh sort of learning and like feedback you get of like when people actually use it is to actually put the product out there just bringing it back to the mvp um make any product publish it and it won't be your dream app for sure but you you mm-hmm. should be embarrassed by your app <laughs> but you give it to a user <laughs> and then it's almost like an idea maze like you keep like kind of refining talking to users and um it kind of takes like a natural organic growth um and mm. i think that was really uh insightful for me because for the longest time right i always thought um the idea was was really important like you got to oh like uber like oh the idea like so i used to always think that that was the genius part and mm-hmm. nowadays i think more uh especially after i decided i need to start coding and stuff i realized like if I had to put a percentage to it, I think it's 10% idea and 90% execution. And I was talking about this the other day, but like, even if your idea is not perfect, it's like in the act of executing, you discover new things, mm. um, which is, which is different. And also you discover things almost accidentally. It's like, you didn't even, yeah. I didn't even, 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 even with like my habit tracker I've been making, it's like when I coded it up and stuff, um, and before I put it on my phone, I was like, there's no issues with it. It works fine. I'm just testing it on the simulator, right? I'm like, hey, it looks mm-hmm. it's working perfect. But it's different when I put it on my phone and actually use it for a week. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, there's this bug or there's this thing. I should change this about it. And you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, that's when you start to really get the ball rolling. And mm-hmm. um, so to anyone listening, this is something that I'm trying to focus on in my own projects and startups and stuff, uh, which is to to kind of put that perfectionism aside and focus more on production, like putting it out there and actually just learning from that if you're, you know, for anyone that's listening. And kind of bringing it back to Flutter, Flutter's the best at this. Like just trying to Mm. put some idea to the market uh, takes such little time relatively compared to if I was to use something else. And so that's mainly the reason why I'm using Flutter and Flutter I think is just perfect for that. So yeah, that's just my that's just my thoughts on on minimum viable product. That's really good. I I feel like I learned a lot from that. It's like it really spoke to me, and I, I feel like um, you know, because y- your idea is gonna pivot like a lot. Of, like they they say like most of the, most of the people that go into white combinators pivot and end mm. up pivot pivoting their ideas. Um, mm. But yeah, just how um, just know your users and know what they want and because you're building at the end of the day you're just building for them right you're trying Mm. to provide something for them so you should listen to their opinions Mm. but yeah Yeah. that was really good thank you for that so yeah i think no no of course um so i think it, it does require a little bit of like overcoming vulnerability and embarrassment because that first version is obviously not going to be your perfect dream app and so Mm. You know, people like always get kind of, including me, you kind of get like embarrassed or like nervous about like building some app and then showing it to my person, like my user. Cause you, you, they're going to be like, oh, what is this? So, so trash. Like, what is this thing? And like, it, it will be trash at the beginning. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, that's with, I feel like that's with anything creative. Like I have the same feel on like YouTube as well. Like if you go back to MKBHD's first video, it's trash. I mean, I don't want to say trash, but like, it's not the quality of when you see an AKBHD video today. You know, you look at his mad intros and I'm like, well, it's like oh, mind-blowing. Yeah. And I'm so yeah. happy that he left his his um, 
first videos up on YouTube is still there and I love that he like still left it on there because when you go back and look at it it gives you a lot of I guess motivation and inspiration mm. of like you know just bring it back to this MVP thing again can you imagine NKBHD never making a video and trying to make that perfect video in one go like it's just it's just never gonna happen you just put it out there mm. just improve on it and just keep incrementally growing from that um, yeah so yeah yeah but yeah I mean it's do you have any any last other thoughts before we sign off? I don't think we have time for comments or anything. We'll 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 do that if we have time. But yeah, an hour. And yeah, no, I I mean that's a, that's a really good <laughs> conversation. Like I I learned a lot from that for sure. Yeah, just uh, would I I just would, like want to just uh, make sure like that image is put on the podcast because I feel like that's a really cool, <laughs> cool yeah um, I will, I will yeah. Know, illustration. Yeah, but yeah. It's like this visual illustration I was talking about, and I'll put that on the on the screen for people to see. Um, yeah. So yeah, guys, let us know what you what you what you think about all everything we discussed, and also if you have any other topics just in the Flutter world that you want us to talk about for next week, just let us know below. But other than that, I think we're good. David, any, yeah. any last thoughts? No, that's good. That is very good. Cool, David. Thanks for the conversations. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Yeah. See ya. Peace. Thank you.